Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Back at it on WBT with Bo and Beth, and now we have the kinks worked out, and we are going to connect live with U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, who we welcome back to Good Morning BT. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I hope you're having a good day. We are. A lot going on. And Beth and I were just talking. Uh, if we had told you, you know, back, back what, a month ago that we'd be talking in, uh, in late February or mid-February about uh, a Chinese balloon and asking you questions about the number of objects we've blown out of the sky over the last, uh, what, eight or nine days, uh, we'd all kind of look at each other and, and go, what? But, I mean, uh, that's the are. question. That, that's the question out of the gate, uh, Senator. Uh, what are your thoughts on what we, what we know and don't know at this point? Well, I, I think uh, the, the Chinese balloon, which was tracked as it was coming into U.S. territory, was new in that we just didn't have a radar signature. And what occurred after they identified this one, they went back uh, as many as three years and identified similar signatures that we just didn't have the situational awareness that it was out there. So now we do. Uh, the other three balloons are smaller um, and more difficult, but they themselves have radar signatures. So they're beginning to realize that uh, higher altitudes and what they call near space, roughly over 60,000 feet, are areas that we just simply have to have situational awareness and then control that we haven't had before. You know, the Biden administration was quick to take a cheap shot saying that they had balloons crossed in the Trump administration, but but we also, if they're intellectually honest with themselves, we just simply didn't know. And we also know now that China's flying over a lot of other countries, some countries that think that China's their friend, some of the Belt and Road countries that really need to start wondering if China is a good actor when they're trying to surveil your military operations and figure out uh, what you're doing on the ground. Uh, we have got to invest. This is, an this is an example of why talking about cutting defense spending alone to balance our, our budget and to get rid of our debt is irresponsible. We have threats that we didn't know about three months ago that we've got to invest in and protect the homeland and protect our national security. What does this make you think about our relationship with China and particularly our um, our business interest as far as technology goes with uh, China and what we need to be doing to better protect our country and to better protect our really our economy and our business interests? Well, Beth, I've never trusted China. On the one hand, I was happy to see some uh, elements of a growing middle class, some private enterprise. But the real reality is there's no private enterprise in China. China has its fingers. There's not a satellite that China launches in their so-called business enterprise that doesn't have a, a military or a governmental purpose. Um, there are very few companies there. Huawei is a good example of ripping off technology that was developed and patented in the United States and then undercutting the competition, making it more difficult for us to manufacture in the United States. 
The frustration I have up here is we've got people talking out of both sides of their mouth. On the one hand, they say, bring all this manufacturing home. On the other hand, they say you're going to do it um, with higher energy costs, higher regulatory costs, impossible to make the numbers work. So we've got to have a serious discussion with the American people. Say, if you want to bring, you're not going to bring all of it home. But if you want to put it in friendly countries that we have long-term relationships with, you better start thinking about rational business policy that will make that happen. It's one of the reasons why we passed the CHIPS Act. We have a huge vulnerability with Taiwan. If Taiwan were to be invaded or even be engaged in a war that, that, that was ultimately won, it would dramatically disrupt. I mean, everything that has a chip in it would be disrupted, and that's virtually everything you touch in your daily life. So we have to come up with a strategy for getting a lot of those critical links in the supply chain out of China and somewhere safe. China is not somebody we, need to, we can rely on long term because China wants to control the world. U.S. Senator Tom Tillis joining Bo and Beth here on WBT. Good morning, BT. Let me go back to uh, the objects themselves for a moment, the, the balloon and the other things that we've shot down. You know, uh, we had a clip earlier from uh, your colleague John Kennedy of Louisiana uh, lamenting the fact that uh, he feels like senators uh, have been getting briefed about all of this. But uh, many of your colleagues, and, and maybe you, I don't know, think that the president knows a lot more than he's telling. And he may even address the nation today about this. And you're even hearing uh, UFOs spoken uh, in, in, in circles talking about this. Do you feel like you know everything you need to know, and, and do you think the president needs to uh, address the nation about this? Yeah, I hope he comes off as a, off of his sabbatical and actually talks about the balloon events because he's been uh, uh, he's been absent. Uh, there are serious questions the American people need answers to. I get that there may be some information that you can't share publicly because it gets into our intelligence gathering or sources or methods. I get that. And I can understand why that can't be broadly shared, but I think it should be shared with people like me who can walk into a secured facility and get a briefing. This, this is about the lack of transparency in the Biden administration, and it's not just about the balloons. It's virtually every aspect of government. We haven't heard from the president. The White House doesn't engage with Congress, and that's why the American people are concerned, and that's why members of the Senate are. Well, let's uh, let's talk about future potential administrations. Uh, we, of course, now know that Nikki Haley is officially running for president of the United States against now former President Donald Trump. These are the two candidates who have declared for the 2024 election. Um, I, I'm not sure if you heard any of her speech. I'm sure you've seen um, clips of, of what she said yesterday. How do you feel about how this race is stacking up? But but more importantly, her her conversation is very, very directed toward a new generation of leadership, really talking about things like term limits, really talking about things like the age of, uh, of politicians. What do you what do you make of, of, of this this kind of uh, campaigning? Well, well, on the um, I can't remember the exact uh, phrase Nikki used. Nikki is a friend of mine and she was a great governor. And I'm glad she's willing to step forward and build a case for the American people. My suspicion is we're going to have a dozen or more on the Republican side do that over the next six or eight months. Um, you know, on the on the mental fitness test or whatever she said, I think that should be applied to the whole of Congress, uh, <laughs> quite honestly. I don't think that that's – I know some brilliant people who are 80 years old serving in Congress. 
Um, and I know people uh, Nikki's age and 20 years younger that you, you sometimes wonder. Um, I, I think that she's trying to make the point that the people in Washington and sometimes in the legislatures across the country are not in tune uh, with the generation of voters. Uh, and that generation of voters, contrary to popular um, thought, is not a, a liberal voter base. It's a base that wants good, reasonable, limited, small government. And the party that understands that and communicates to that generation is going to be the party best positioned in national elections and statewide races. So I think it's great that she's beginning that dialogue. You know, some of the specific prescriptions, you know, the, the liberal media is going to attack her. Um, but I do think that she's trying to make a very important point, and I hope the American people listen. And I do think career politicians – I've been in legislative politics since 2011. Um, I do think that the idea of people being in any office for 30 or 40 years uh, is something that we should have a discussion about. We always need new thinking, new blood, and, and good representation of all generations of voters, and, and even the younger generation that can't vote. Before we let you go, uh, locally this week, uh, you announced a $43 million grant for uh, Charlotte Douglas Airport, which we can practically see from where we're broadcasting right now. Uh, what about that, Senator? Well, Bo, this is an area, you know, I've been involved in several bipartisan efforts. Uh, the bipartisan infrastructure bill was one of them. We had people calling it fake infrastructure. Um, we're going to be sending out to North Carolinians uh, a lot of real infrastructure that's occurring. It's a grant. I mean, it's, it's money at Charlotte Airport, several airports across the state of North Carolina. It's money for bridges that are falling down, like the Alligator River. Um, it's uh, another one. We've got a PFAS problem in North Carolina. It's $60 million to help get clean water to people who may be at risk. There are hundreds of millions of dollars that are flowing to North Carolina as a result of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It is hard infrastructure that's addressing serious problems and setting up communities in North Carolina for growth. And we're going to continue to communicate um, the, the results that we're bringing back to North Carolina and the nation, and that's one example of it. Charlotte Airport is a critical economic engine for that region, and we've got to continue to invest in it. It's one of the best-respected, best-run airports in the world. It's one of the busiest in the country. We need to understand that's a competitive advantage, and we need to keep on building on it and keep on finding opportunities for economic development for North Carolina and the Carolinas region. U.S. Senator Tom Tillis uh, joining us for our monthly conversation here on WBT. We always appreciate talking to you. Yeah, I want to get with you all in the, uh, in the studio sometime, too. We would love that. You, uh, you know our number. We know yours. We'll make it happen. All right. You guys take care.